Excellent job. Uh, you know, I'm a meat and potatoes kind of guy. Uh, Brian, turn the, uh, the mic down. You know what? No, it's fine. I mean, we'll just go. Um, that's fine, Jerry. You know, I'm a meat and potatoes kind of guy. And uh, I had mashed potatoes. I had roasted potatoes. I had some roast. You know, and, and, and Reggie said, man, Bobby, I've never seen you push a plate back to still have food on it. <laughs> I tell you, I, I, was, I was hurting. So, uh, and, and then when you have the song leader say, I'm struggling too, that, that's not a good sign. <laughs> so, uh, so bear with me. And I was talking to Brother Tillman earlier too. And, uh, you know, I said, man, you, you, you got off easy. You got the, the morning. I know people are struggling this evening, so bear with me for a little while. Stay, stay awake for just a little while. Uh, but I was, um, had a conversation with uh, Sister Leslie uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, taking her back to the residency. And, and actually, Brother Tillman kind of hit on it earlier today as well, talking about uh, him working, you know, as a child. And uh, Sister Leslie, she was telling me a story about her childhood. She said she was about eight years old between the ages of 8 and 12, where she used to have to go out in the fields and, and uh, work from sunup to sundown, just like Brother Tillman talked about this morning. She said she would go out there at 7, about 7 a.m., work all day until about 7 p.m., or whenever it got dust. And, and, and she said, well, you know, we did get like a 30-minute break. And one of her, I think it was her aunt or one of her relatives, their job was to stay in and, and do the cooking. So she used to talk about all this food that they used to look forward to going in and eating about 30 minutes, a 30-minute break uh, in the heat of the day in Georgia, out working. And she said she used to hope for a rainy day because on the rainy day, she got a chance to go to school. So she enjoyed going to school, but she had to, to work out in the fields. Well, I said, well, Sister Leslie, how much money did you get paid for that? I mean, you out there working all day? And she said, well, no, I didn't get anything. It was to help my dad out. So we had whatever he brought in, you know, that helped the bottom line to help, you know, feed us and all that. So out there working to, to do her father's will, pretty much, to help the family out. Well, you know, today, I don't think there's ever been a time in history where we have become... Uh, so focused on, uh, regardless if it's your life, if it's family, if it's school, work, or what have you, but we are so focused on oneself. We have become so self-centered. And that's kind of what I want to talk to you today. My topic today is uh, living a, a Christ-centered life in a self-centered world. We live in such a selfish world nowadays. And it has become pretty ridiculous. It should be, at least for the Christian, how self-centered this world is. So regardless, uh, you know, marriage uh, is about my needs instead of my spouse's needs or our needs. You know, at, at one point, I, I still do. I mean, I, I really like a Porsche, uh, you know, a two-seater. And Jeff, I really contemplated it on one time. No, I couldn't afford it. I mean, that's but at some point, you got to realize, okay, well, it's four of us, two kids, a wife, a two-seater may not be for me. So 
we opt for the minivan. So it, it, it's, you know, but marriage has been, have become about oneself nowadays. Uh, you know, regardless of what your wife feels like, no matter what day she's had, it's, it's so centered on, on me, on yourself. So self-centered. Parents are putting more focus on the performance of their children in order uh, to make themselves look good. You know, looking, living vicariously through their kids. You know, you were the man back in high school. You know, the, the star football player and all this and that, but now, you know, that you have a son, you want to live vicariously through them to make you look good. Look at what my son is doing. My son is going to play professional ball. My daughter uh, ha has these accolades in school. You're living vicariously through them to make yourself look good. Such a selfish world. Children have become selfish and, and disrespectful. You know, it, it's, I just hate seeing you know what, a young person walking through a door, barely at, you know, opening it enough to get themselves through it. And when you have someone older than them behind them, some elderly person that won't even spend the time to open the door for someone else because they are so self-centered. It doesn't matter what mom and dad are going through at home, what bills they're struggling to pay, what heartaches they're having on the job, but you want the latest pair of shoes. You want the latest video game. It's about you. Mom and dad are on you trying to get your grades up and for you just to do good, but you make it all about you. Such a selfish world. Children, I'm sorry, church has become uh, about how you feel. And Brother Tillman talked about that earlier. We, we made church all about you. Well, well, worship is not about you. Worship actually is about you worshiping God. It's not about you feeling good. So don't make church about yourself. Don't make church about uh, your accomplishments, your talents. Listen to me sing. I can sing better than such and such. Uh, I want you to hear me talk. I, I got good things to say. You know, my prayer request, listen to what I have to say. It's just selfish. Now, there was a uh, king, King Herod. Uh, king Herod was the, uh, the king that, that sought to have Jesus killed when he was uh, born. And, and uh, when we get over to uh, around, well, he also had John the Baptist killed as well. But when we get around to uh, Acts chapter 12, uh, we, we see that uh, King Herod uh, has had uh, James, the brother of John, killed by this time, and uh, Peter he had in prison. Well, that was this angel that came along and, and uh, freed Peter from prison. Well, this upset uh, King Herod. And King Herod had his soldiers go out to find Peter. And when they came back and said they couldn't find him, well, King Herod had those soldiers killed. And then you get down to what we have on the board here around verse 20. It reads, uh, he had been quarreling with the people of Tyre and Sidon. They uh, now joined together and sought an audience with him. After securing the support of Blastus, a trusted uh, personal servant of the king, they asked for peace because they depended on the king's country for their food supply. On the appointed day, King Herod, wearing his fine royal robes, sitting on his throne, 
and delivering a public address to the people. They shouted, this is the voice of a God, not a man. Immediately, because King Herod did not give praise to God, an angel of the Lord struck him down. And was, he was eaten by worms and died. There's, there's some cruel stories in the Bible of people dying and, and, and how they died. But this is one situation. King Herod, because of his, his self-righteousness, God sought destruction down right then and there. And he was eaten by worms and he died. But then it says in verse 24, but the word of God continued to spread and flourish. Now here's the thing. No matter how much you think you got things going on, God is still in control. No matter how uh, successful you have become, don't get beside yourself because God is still in control. And we are all in ups and arms about things that are going on in politics. Even no matter what other countries are doing, no matter what our presidents or governors or what have you are doing, God is still in control. So, you know, King Herod found out the hard way. And it's just like, uh, uh, you know, the, the rich man over in uh, Mark chapter 10. You know, he, he was almost there. But he, Jesus said, well, you know, but you're lacking one thing. Give up all those riches, all those things that you have. And, and he said, well, that's just a little bit too much. I, I got all this stuff. I, this is my stuff. And he was not willing to give up his stuff. And that was to his demise. And then you look over, um, I think it's Luke chapter uh, Luke chapter 12, the other rich man, what we consider the rich young, the fool. Uh, he had all his crops and, 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 you know, didn't want to share because it was his. He worked hard for that or his, you know, servants worked hard for that. And, and he said, well, you know, I, this is my stuff, so let me build bigger barns to put it in. His self-righteousness was his demise. So be careful with that. Now, to be honest with you, some people don't even know that they are self-centered. You know, they, they, some people don't even know that they think they are all that. But let me give you some indications and, and see if it goes down the street. Well, your conversations are mainly focused on you. Yeah, if you go back and look at a few of your conversations that you had today, maybe yesterday, and uh, ask yourself, who did most of the talking? So just think about a couple of conversations, just about two or three. It can be with family members, brothers and sisters around here. Who seemed to steer the discussion? Hmm. Did you ask a question about the other person? Or was it all about you? Just, you know, just a thought. Uh, lack of concern for other people. Indications of being self-centered. How much time do you spend considering the feelings of others? Do you routinely upset others with your behavior? You know, just the way you act, you know, talking loud or, you know, just, it doesn't usually rub people the wrong way. And do you care? Maybe not. Another indication, your response to constructive criticism. You know, when somebody says something about you that you just don't agree with, 
Are you on the defensive right away? Or, or do you try to wonder, well, okay, well, maybe I can fix that about myself? Hmm, being self-centered. Another indication. Who is to blame when something goes wrong? Is it difficult for you to admit wrong? Just an idea, just a couple things about being self-centered. Now, I found a, a, a video that I thought would have been fitting for this. So this, just check this. Hopefully, uh, it works OK. We got a lot of me churches around there, around here rather. Uh, we focus on, on us. And not only do we take our selfishness, our self-centeredness into our daily lives, but we also bring that into the worship. And I got some indications of being selfish in worship. Inconsistent, see, uh, inconsistent in your attendance. If, if you are hitting church every now and then. And I know we're here for the second service and, and you know, uh, this is our typical crowd. And I thank you all because these are the typical faces that we see in the afternoon. But, but you all know that there are several that are here in the morning time that usually don't come back to second service. Yeah. And quite a few of those that come during first service come in consistently. Yeah. Now when you Put aside worship and decide to do things on your own. Regardless if it's being on call, being on call, but you don't get a call, <laughs> but you was on call, yeah. and you decide to stay at home. Yeah. That's putting yourself before God, before worship. Because you decided to stay home, omit you, you proclaim it's the Lord's day, the Lord is the center of my life, the head of my life. Give all honor and praise to God. I'm going to be on call today. Self-centered. That's how you know you're selfish yeah. when it comes to worship. Yeah. Consistently late to worship. <laughs> Consistently come through the door when it's 
halfway done with the sermon. Consistently come after, I mean, just even five, ten minutes after service has started. Now, you talk about consistency. We have 365 days a year, year after year after year, thousands upon millions of years, right? 365 days. We have, uh, what, 12 months a year, 52 weeks a year, seven days a week, 24 hours in a day. I mean, how consistent can you be? But yet, I, I'm running a little late on Sundays. It's like you didn't know that Sunday was coming. <laughs> you didn't know what time worship service was coming. Time didn't switch up. Even when time does, we uh, know, <laughs> notify well, well in advance that they like savings time is coming or you put the clock back well, well in advance. We're, we're for advancing that. Even your clocks are automatically changed for you on your phones or what have you. But inconsistency uh, or consistently late to worship. That's an indication of being self-centered to worship. Uh, your mind is on uh, something other than worship when you're here. If you are playing on your phone, if you are doodling on the on the, uh, the, the brochure or the uh, itinerary for the day, if you're drawing pictures or, or what have you, you're talking with your buddy, you're having conversations, that's on you. We're here to worship God in spirit and in truth. There's no way you can worship him in spirit if your mind is not there worshiping him. So that's on you. That's being self-centered in worship. You don't sing during worship. Indication of being self-centered in worship. Man. You don't sing. Amen. I don't want such and such to hear me sing. I don't like that song. He sang too loud. He sang too low. Whatever it is. But you decide not to sing. Sing praises to God. Amen. Singing praises to God seems to be a little too much for you. So that becomes self-centered. That's on you. Yeah. Now, here's a good one. Quick to leave after worship instead of fellowship. Yeah. Before the brother say amen for the closing prayer, you're already out the door. <laughs> if you don't stick around to admonish one another, to build each other up, uh, to help each other out, if half the folks in here you don't know their name, not, not knocking those that, that you know, a little difficult with names because I'm, I'm that way as well, but if you don't talk to someone to get to know them, you know, you, you, you're self-centered. That's an indication of being self-centered. Now, there's nothing wrong with loving yourself. There's nothing wrong. You should love yourself. You better. You better. There's something wrong, different between loving yourself and being self-centered. Now, like over in uh, Psalms uh, 139, verses 13 through 15, but I like 14, it tells us that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. So if God made us in his image and then he made us wonderfully, then you better love yourself. Yeah. But don't go beyond that and become self-centered. Over in Romans chapter, uh, chapter 8, verses 7 and 8, it says the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so? Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please 
God. And then back over in Romans chapter 2, verse 8, it, it, it talks about that self-seeking, that being selfish. It says that it, it uh, but, by the, but, but for those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. God is not pleased with your selfishness. God is not pleased with your overly loving yourself. James chapter 4. Oh, man, I like that. James chapter 4. It says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Uh, do they come from uh, the desires that battle within you? Uh, you desire, but not you desire, but do not have. So you kill, and we see this all the time. These, these young guys now are so wrapped up with getting things for themselves. You can't even pump gas nowadays without them stealing your car and, and even uh, some cases killing you for your possessions. It says, do you desire but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get uh, what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. That you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Mm. So often we, we are so bent around working, working, working. We miss Sunday school. We miss Sunday service because we're working. All because we want the almighty dollar to get things of our pleasure. God already said he could get us everything that we want. And, and that, uh, uh, Solomon over uh, tells us that, you know, he, he has uh, had all these things. Ecclesiastes 1. Uh, and then around verse 9, he, he says that it's, it's nothing new under the sun. Now, all this stuff that you're chasing is for naught. God said, you seek him first, and he'll provide all those things for you. And I continue on in, in James chapter 4, verse 4. It says, uh, you adulterous people, do uh, you know that friendship uh, with the world is enmity uh, against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world uh, becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think, Scripture says, without reason, that he jealously longs for your spirit he has caused to dwell in us. But he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Yes. Yeah. Now, in order to uh, live a Christ-centered life instead of a self-centered life in this self-centered world, Jesus told us over in Luke chapter 9, that we must uh, deny ourselves. And, and, and not only that, but he says we have to uh, pick up our cross daily. We have to keep getting ourselves aside daily. Now, as long as we live, we're going to want. As long as we live, we're going to desire. As long as we get the 2018, you know, Denali with all the bells and whistles, uh, 2021 is coming around the corner of Lord's will. And they're going to have a new version of that, so you're going to want that. But God said, you know, you, you got to get yourself out of the way. All this stuff that you keep desiring, get, get yourself out of the way uh, before you follow him. 
And I like over in Matthew chapter 6. It says not to worry about those things. Don't, don't worry about all that worrying that you're doing, all that stuff that you're trying to do. You can't even add one hour. You can't change. You're not running anything. You're not in control. God is. It says in 30, uh, verse 33 of uh, Matthew 6, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the things that you desire are going to come to you. Now that's uh, not, you know, I, I remember being a little young a few years back and, you know, uh, in my 20s and, you know, wanting to win a lottery. <laughs> if I win that lottery, man, I'm going to get me a, a Lamborghini, I'm going to get me a mansion with 30 rooms in it. But then when you grow in the Lord, you realize, well, you know, it's only four people in my family, you know, in my, uh, my wife and my daughters and do I need 30 rooms? <laughs> Is that necessary? You know, so don't get it twisted. You say they'll give you the desires of your heart. Yeah, he, he will. Uh, but at some point, you should have a renewed mind as well and not want to stay. Now, there, in order to uh, live a Christ-centered life, you know, I've identified a few things that, um, you know, help, that, that, that identifies if you're a self-centered. Now, there's a few things that we have to do in order to put Christ truly in the center of our lives. And we know that uh, Romans uh, 10, 17 uh, tells us that we must uh, first hear. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Now, I don't think there's anyone here that hasn't passed that point, uh, but we've heard. We've heard of Jesus Christ, that he's the son of the living God, the creator of heaven and earth. Uh, John 5, it says we have to go beyond just the hearing, but we have to hear and believe to receive eternal life. Now, even beyond that, is this is one of the, the major keys. Once you get past that, you have to repent. In Luke 13 and 3, it says, uh, nay, but except you repent, you shall all like, likewise perish. So that means you're not going to have everlasting life if you don't repent. And, and see, this is where Satan messes up. He got one and two. He, he, he knows that God is real. He's been there, right? Without a shadow of a doubt, but he hasn't repented. He hasn't changed. Uh, if you find yourself being selfish, regardless if it's in your personal life, in your worship, then repent. Change. Do it differently. And, of course, uh, Matthew 10 and 3, as Jesus said, if you confess, uh, confess him before man, he'll confess you before the Father. And, of course, be baptized uh, according to Acts chapter 2, verse 38, uh, when Peter preached that uh, first sermon on the day of Pentecost. And those that, were, uh, that had just persecuted our Lord, you know, they asked, what must we do? You know, we've been selfish. We've been uh, bad people. And he said, you must first repent. There's that repent again, but he also said you must be baptized. Now, some of us, and I think probably the majority of us in this, this room today, have obeyed these steps. We say, we've got that out of the way. And, and like Brother Tillman was saying earlier, you know, it's, don't get it twisted. Once saved, you're not always saved. You definitely fall from grace. It's like he talked about that dog returning to his vomit. Shall so we continue in our sin? God, God forbid. But Revelations 2 in verse 10, in uh, that, it tells us that uh, we must remain faithful unto death to receive that crown of life. 
So if you find yourself that you've obeyed and did all these things, and you know, but you find yourself being a little self-centered, well, we have to get that right. That's part of being faithful, because Christ has told us that we must put all our cares on him because he cares for us. And if we're not doing that, if we're putting things on ourselves, then we're being selfish. God wants you to rely on him. God wants you to circle your life around him. He wants to be the center, true center of your life. So if you're being self-centered today, change, repent. I know this world makes it so difficult not to be selfish. It's things that you would rather do today. You could be home resting, getting that nap that you so desperately need right now. <laughs> but you chose to be here, which is a good sign. But if there is something in your life that is not right with God, get yourself out of the way. Pick up your cross. Get it right. If you're not uh, being the parent that you should be, that God tells you that you should be, if you're not being the child that you should be, if you're putting work before God, if you do, got things out of alignment, get things right today. Get, get God back in the center, and everything else works out. Your stress level goes down. You know, the, the bills seem to, to work out. Put, put God back in the center. So as we stand uh, and, and sing our closing song here, or our invitation song, you know, don't, don't, just, don't make this time about yourself. Make this time about getting things right with God. Ask for prayers, the prayers of the righteous. They avail as much. So let someone pray for you. Let us pray for you. Let us help you. The good step is that you're here so we can help build you up. Get yourself out of the way. Get yourself out of the center uh, as we stand. 633. Yeah, so